Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day -day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. I am super excited that you are here today to listen to today's podcast episode, where we are speaking about how to heal your body. And for this special topic, I invited a new special interview guest to my podcast. Her name is Erin Birch and Erin is already 62 years old. And if you look at her, especially when you're watching the YouTube video, you'll be surprised and amazed how good she looks because she has been working on healing her body for decades. She had a really bad car accident when she was in her early 30s and she's been dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of difficulties in her body for many many years and she was almost in a wheelchair by the age of 40 but she didn't want to be so she started to really work on herself and today's podcast episode is so incredibly inspiring I really I'm so excited that I had Erin in the podcast because she's sharing so much wisdom and so many insights with you about how she overcame her own physical challenges and how she started to listen to her body again. And this is something that is so, so close to my heart, especially at the moment. I'm learning so much about this. I am currently in New York City where I am spending a week to meet a couple of people and to do a couple of trainings at different corporations and at the same time I'm catching up with a few old friends of mine from Google and I've had a lot of conversations with my friends about how they are and how they've been doing since they moved to New York because a lot of my friends are Europeans and a lot of them have been having difficulties since they moved here and every time I'm talking to them It totally shocks me to hear about um, what they're going through because, in my opinion, they're not paying attention to what is going on in their body. They're not paying attention to their stress management. And so this episode actually comes at a perfect timing where I'm trying to tell people that they need to start listening to the signals of their body because the body is trying to tell them something. And if you are going through some physical difficulties at the moment, try to take a step back and be really honest with yourself and answer the question, What are you doing right now? How are your stress levels? And why might your body be trying to tell you something? And I really hope that this podcast episode is as, insp as inspiring for you as it was for me when I recorded it with Erin and also when I listened to it for a second time because she's talking a lot about the process of learning and unlearning how many years it had taken her to get back into her full power and I ask her questions about how she did not give up in the process because we are so impatient people and we always think that we do something differently and we start being better and that's just simply not how it works especially if you've been creating bad habits for a long period of time. So we're talking about all of this in the podcast episode today. And before we are jumping in, I just want to make sure that I remind you, <clears throat> sorry, that we that it's only three days away that my beautiful eight-week online coaching program is launching. It is launching on July 17th. And as you know by now, I have a special offer for all of my listeners of the podcast where you're getting $200 off the program um, with the discount code early 3333 so four threes and early all in capital letters you only get the discount if you are paying in one installment you can also pay in three installments and what is really important to note as well is, is that your company usually gives you some type of reimbursement for these type of programs so make sure that you're investigating that as well because 
you should really invest in your own well-being, in your own stress management. And so, so often I'm speaking with people and they tell me that they have already heard and they have already learned so many things about stress management. But this is the next step. This is not for cowards because this is to really get into action and to make changes in your life. And nowadays we have so much knowledge. We are listening to so many different podcasts. We are getting so much information, but then we never get into action. And this is really my invitation to you to start making changes in your life. I truly believe that the eight-week online program is extremely powerful. I have put together all of the tools that I am using on a daily basis for you to get into your power. I put all of the insights together that I'm using with my one-to-one coaching clients that I am addressing in my trainings. And I just really believe that this can make a difference for you. If you want to learn a couple of more insights about what other people say that have already done the program, that have already completed the program, please head to my website. I just created a beautiful success story page because I'm hearing more and more amazing stories from my participants about what kind of changes they made in their life by going through the program. So I invite you to head over there after listening to the podcast and to just simply check it out and see if it's something that you want to start taking care of yourself as well. And with that said, I don't want to keep you from listening to the podcast interview any longer. So thank you so much for being here. Have fun listening to the podcast episode. If you want to share with me any insights that you took away from listening to this podcast episode, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you head over to my Instagram account at Blue Mountain Mindfulness or come over to my YouTube channel at Julia Arndt and share with me what your biggest takeaway was. Thank you. With gratitude, Julia. Hi, Erin. I'm so excited to have you in my podcast today. Welcome to Stressed. How are you today? (laughs) Hi, Julia. I'm good. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited. You're actually the very first person I have in my podcast that will talk about body alignment and how stress impacts the body. I'm really excited to have you as the specialist in the podcast today. And before we're jumping in and we want to hear, of course, everything about who you are, pick us up a little bit. Where are you right now? What time is it? And what have you been up to this morning? Okay, well, um, it's just after 10 o'clock. It's um, on the Pacific time zone. I'm in uh, Northern California, just 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 eight minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge, so just um, north of San Francisco. And um, this morning, I um, woke up a little late. Actually, <laughs> I usually um, I usually wake up and have at least an hour of meditation, and I do some walking and some um, some other things in my morning routine. But this morning, I meditated for about twenty minutes. So, um, and I got my clothes to the dry cleaning, and I um, took a luxurious shower. So. <laughs> Very nice. Um, oh, and I had and I had a and I had a call with somebody. I do a, um, uh, several times a week. I do something called spring cleaning, which is a um, something. It's a tool from um, Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts, and you get together with another woman and you do this exchange where you sort of, you know, uh, decrease the charge that you have on things. So it's a stress. It's part of a stress tool. So. Oh, very cool. Do you yeah. want? a little bit more about this actually before we <laughs> sure sure it's 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 an easy tool it's like i said it's from mama gina um this is regina thomas hour she's written several books um about about women's empowerment mm-hmm. and um the the name of her last book was actually titled pussy <laughs> so it's so it's very much a um a woman-based um you know digging into what it means to be fully uh, alive as a woman and the tool is, uh, you know, it's usual, though not completely, it's not the only way it can be done, but it's usual that you do an exchange and the exchange will last usually, um, each, each person has like five minutes plus three additional, um, what, what she calls polls, which is an opportunity to continue. And what it is, is an inquiry about one thing. So 
for example, my, my, mine this morning was creativity was my, was my topic. So my partner will ask me as many times throughout the five minutes as I give an opportunity. So she'll ask me, what do you have on creativity? And I will say, you know, um, I haven't really been my most creative self lately and that's starting to weigh on me. And then she'll say, thank you, what do you have on creativity? So she's the, she's the, creates a container and holds the space for me while I process whatever charge I have on whatever topic I have for five minutes. And then I have three additional, three additional um, pulls. And then we conclude the spring clean. And then we have um, an opportunity to kind of tie a bow on it, which is um, there's a number of tools that you can use to kind of tie a bow on it. The traditional one is called a trinity, where you share a brag and then a gratitude and then a desire. And that, that's the whole thing. And then you do an exchange. Wow. And you do that once a <laughs> Um, I do it several times a week, actually. Okay. And is yeah. it always about the same topic during the week or no. is every day another topic? Yeah. Whatever seems to be up for you at that moment in time is what you, what you focus on. Okay. And then you're, and then you just, you have an opportunity to just kind of clear the charge. I mean, I did 30 days one time on men. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so. That, I imagine that's really powerful because you just, I guess, realize yourself kind of what's going on just by another person asking you all of these questions, right? Yep. Yep. And you're not looking, it's not a conversation. So you're not looking for validation or you're not looking for whatever, you know, sympathy for whatever you're going through. Or you're not looking for, you're not looking for anything. The other person is just holding the container and you're in your, like, what do I have on that? Hmm. You know? Huh. Very interesting. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. That sounds You're so welcome. Maybe it's a great festival. Um, to the book and everything, and I'll put that in the show notes as well if somebody's Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's powerful stuff. And men can do it too. It's not, it's not, you can do it as couples. You don't have to do it as women. I just find that, um, you know, it's a, because it's a tool that I've shared with a number of women for, there, there are certain spring clean partners that are, where the spring clean is more impactful. You, you tend to go deeper with certain people than you do with others. So, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So now um, <laughs> that we already have the first stress management tool that you're using, who yes. are you? Tell us a little bit more about yourself and yeah, for anyone that doesn't know you. Well, I've been on a really, I've been on a, a, a real journey. Um, yeah. Like my background is physical therapy. Um, and I've always been sort of body centric. You know, I was a tomboy. I used to climb ropes to to get into the treehouse um, in our neighborhood. And um, I, I was cheerleading and gymnastics because at the time there wasn't a whole lot of options for, for girls in sports, you know. And um, so I went to school for physical therapy. It made sense to me. Um, I worked really hard. I got my degree. And um, my first job was just a, a scarring, scarring experience. So that sort of shifted how I felt about it. Because when I got out of school, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like, you know, gung ho, like physical therapy. I'm gonna light the world on fire. And my first experience was so crushing and so scarring um, that, um, you know, I just, I just never felt that same kind of thing again for physical therapy. And then, um, can I ask you what you meant with scarring? Is it because like the work hours? Was it just no? Nope. Like no, I had a supervisor who, um, who decided like as a person who she was at the time was someone who, um, felt better about herself when other people looked worse. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a real, it was a power dynamic that was very, um, I didn't, I didn't play those games very well. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just was like, it was six months of six to eight months of, of torture wow. actually at the hands of somebody who, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it, so it, it really shut me down. Mm -hmm. I really shut down around it, I should say. And, um, and then I had another job. Um, I went across the country. I worked for about a year and then I went to a yoga ashram because, um, it was a place where I needed to be insular. You know, I needed to be, I needed to be held a little bit more there's a lot more to um, the future, I mean, the past than, 
than just that one story of the job. So there was a lot of stuff that I needed to process from, from my life. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I had four years of this experience of being in a, in a community, in an intentional community, um, practicing yoga, um, practicing meditation, um, being immersed in the, in the science and the art of yoga and into the lifestyle. And um, that was really impactful. I started to really heal from a lot of the things. And then, um, and then I, I left the ashram, got married, was pregnant with my daughter, and was in a car accident. And I'll try to make this really short. But um, anyway, long story short, my body, um, I, had a, I had to have two, um, two life-saving abdominal surgeries in, a, in the space of a year. And I thought my life would just go back to normal and my body would just go back to normal, but it didn't because the scar tissue, um, like I, people don't understand about scar tissue and I didn't really either until really living this out. Um, so the scar tissue had attached to all kinds of structures and um, it hit, it sort of hijacked my pelvis and all those structures and started to twist it really badly. Now, so for the, for the next couple of years, I, I didn't really understand that that's what was happening um, until my foot started to peel off the floor. My right foot, because my pelvis was so far back on the right, it was so twisted that my right foot was going with it. Of course, the foot bone's connected to the leg bone. Um, and I um, you know, went to see all kinds of people. I, I did yoga at one point, and I had internal ripping rather than stretching, which was like, huge alarm bells going off in my, in my head. Um, so I went to find somebody who could fix it and the needle didn't actually move. It was about a year and a half where I just continually like tried to find somebody who could help me. So by the age of 35, I was in a kind of a prison mm -hmm. in my body, which was, which was against everything that I had ever and, you know, like I love moving, moving. I, and I didn't feel like moving. Like my body felt so bad. It was so twisted, so compromised, so painful, so stiff, so not working that movement didn't feel good. And I, and I almost stopped moving, mm -hmm. which is of course in itself a kind of death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had a Scarlett O'Hara as God is my witness moment <laughs> where I was like, I, cause I could see the future. Like I'd been in physical therapy by that time for about 15 years. And I knew that I knew the trajectory of tissue, like what happens to tissue over time. Right. And I could see that what was happening for me, my deviation was so extreme and the scar tissue was so tight and everything was so like intense in that area. Um, and the spine was following it and my hips, my, like, no, my puzzle pieces weren't fitting together in my body. Mm -hmm. And I felt old at 35. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I didn't do something, that I was going to be probably in a wheelchair by the time I was 40. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm just thinking about as well when you're talking about like all of those physical challenges that you had is what strong of an impact that also has on everything else, right? Like we are not... Yeah well in our bodies uh, and and there's issues and challenges that we have and then it impacts everything else right everything Because your work i'm sure your relationship i'm sure yep. with your husband but also with friends and family it's every like when we don't feel well in our own bodies it impacts everything else right yeah absolutely and anybody who's ever been in any kind of chronic pain like it it just it sucks your energy You know, it literally, it's like a vacuum cleaner. Like you can't, you can pretend that you're not in it, right? And you can get through your day, but every single day it costs you a little bit more to be in pain. Yeah. So what happened and how did you get out of it and sit now here with a big smile on your face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so five, even though I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I just, just uh, on Friday, celebrated my 62nd birthday okay. and, <laughs> and like maybe 50 maybe 50. Oh, oh thank But you well you know um this outcome would have w was basically impossible from where I was because I was old at at, at 35 I really was It's like I was in an old experience um 
And so what I did was I, I started to really shift some things inside. First of all, I figured if the answers were anywhere, they were going to be in my body because they weren't, they didn't seem to be outside. They seemed, you know, and, and having this experience of yoga really taught me yo, the, the meaning of the word yoga is connection. It means to yoke. So to connect. And so I knew that, that if I was going to heal this, I was going to have to go into my body and let my body teach me um, what it was to, to heal because connection is interesting. I mean, actually, let's start with the opposite, right? I believe that there's only one disease on the whole planet and that disease is disconnection and it has many different ways of manifesting, whether it's you know, war or whether it's domestic violence or whether it's addiction or whether it's, um, or whether it's cancer or, or what it, whatever it is, stress, what, you know, so all of these things have at their root disconnection. So connection is the healing currency. It's literally what you can use to undo the, 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 the source of the problem, which is disconnection. So that's what I really did. I mean, I, I, I made some shifts um, in my in paradigm. Like one of the shifts that I made was uh, that you that that you can't heal something that you can't feel, mm-hmm. right? And so feeling to me became paramount. And it turns out that you can't think a thought and feel a sensation at exactly the same time. Mm. Not I really. I wanted to say because you had a lot of feelings, right? You had a lot of pain in your body. You did experience i did yeah my sensation was kind of off you know was was off the charts i was having a lot of sensation that wasn't good um and so um sensation is so so we have the feeling mind and we i mean we have the thinking mind and we have the feeling body and they're two separate states and we need both of them but most people in our culture have been taught that thinking mind is premier and that's pretty much what we do and what that leads to is the second paradigm shift that i made which was um which was the master changing the master slave relationship because if your mind is premier then your body takes second place or even third or fourth and and how many times have we disregarded the messages that we get from our body um, right, whether it's intuition or whether it's sensation or wh- whatever it is, and whether it's emotion, right? If we disregard that, we disconnect from that, then it, we do so at our peril because disconnection will always lead to some kind of expression of pain. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the first one was to go from the thinking mind to the feeling body. Mm-hmm. I had to, I had to really disconnect from my thinking mind, which was overused to my feeling body and make distinctions in my body. Oh, if I'm feeling this, okay, that's going to lead me to this, right? There's, there's so much, our, our, our awareness, I say, <laughs> it's like the can opener that will open any can. Awareness is, is literally, and, and people say all the time, you know, everything starts, the first step is always awareness. Yes. And so awareness, when you let it, when you let awareness steep like a tea bag, right, into any problem that you have or any sensation or any situation, and what you'll, what you'll eventually get, it's not fast, mm-hmm. but what you'll eventually get is some breadcrumb of information, mm-hmm. some way of creating a distinction, some, some intuition, some knowledge, some wisdom, some awareness, you know, so awareness begets more awareness and that leads you into the next step. And that's basically what happened. So I went from the thinking mind to the feeling body. I shifted my master slave relationship to more of a partnership. And actually in my case, I made, I I changed from my body being my servant to being my teacher Mm -hmm. because I really knew that, that my body had the information and I was just going to have to trust it. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing that I, the third paradigm shift that I made was that if something's happening in my body, then I'm the author and the architect of it. Mm-hmm. I'm at because it feels so often, people say this all the time, my back hurts. 
<coughs> you know, or, or I have a bum knee. It's like I'm carrying this thing around, but it has a mind of its own, mm-hmm. right? Like I have, you know, my neck hurts or, you know, so they'll complain about pain as if their body was doing something to them, mm-hmm. right? And I totally get that. There are times when it's just like, what, what, how am I, like, I you know, yeah. but the more, the more I, I let my awareness, you know, show me the way, right? The more I let my body be in charge of teaching me, the more I found that no matter what's happening in my body, I'm the author and architect of it. And in fact, so much, here's the other thing that I did so much of was let go. A lot of this has been an unlearning. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a Chinese proverb that says tension is who we think we are mm-hmm. and relaxation is who we really are. <coughs> excuse me yeah that's so powerful okay so you <laughs> had that awareness but i'm sure now everybody's that's listening is like okay so just from thinking like you got into such a bad state of mind and just from making these three shifts you healed yourself or or what what did it end well, really? julia <laughs> so i don't mean to send, i don't mean to over simplify it because it it really is simple easy no Mm -hmm. simple yes Mm -hmm. um i think some simple is the best thing right i mean when something is simple it does not mean it's easy but it does mean i describe my work actually as water on rocks Mm -hmm. because because there's two things one is water on rocks is one of the most powerful sources of force in, in nature, right? The Grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. but, but it takes time, Mm -hmm. right? So it takes time, but it will, like, there's an inevitable result, right? There's a, there's a guaranteed outcome that if you pour water on rocks or if you drip water on rocks, the rock will change. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you have, if you have a, a rock at the end of a downspout, right? That drips, mm-hmm. it'll bore a hole in that rock over time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that result is inevitable, but it takes time. So, so, so did I have to learn patience? Oh my God. Yes. Uh-huh. Like I can watch grass grow now. Like I'm so patient, like mostly, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't always. Mm-hmm. And I just so thought, how long did it take to get back into like a like you know i'm sure a lot of people are like okay do, is it like a year or is it 10 years like you yeah know, i know it's I mean, a process right like it's a, a process, process yeah process, yeah i was in a i was in an extreme situation mm-hmm. right very very extreme my body was literally starting to shut down mm-hmm. so where i was I would say that over the last, the majority of what happened was over the, over the first 15 years. And like I said, my body was very extreme. So over the last 10 years, I've been fine tuning and fine tuning and I still work with it. It's, it's a residue in my body. There are residual patterns that I, that I work with, but um, the majority of it was the first 15 years, 15 to 18 years. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, my, the stakes were so high. I would have done anything, Mm -hmm. you know, I would have done anything. And then, and now I don't have to operate at that place, but I still do because, because I, because now it's become a transcendent thing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's not just about getting a body that works. It's about using this body that works to get even more. Um, I mean, the, the work that I do, somebody asked me the meaning of life, my meaning of life the other day, and I said, lightness of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I have a, a couple of things on my mind right now. The first thing is that I'm thinking, you know, so many people think, oh, I'm doing something for my body, like, I'm doing like a 30 day challenge or I'm doing this and I'm doing that and then I'm good, you know, but I think that's a beautiful summary actually to say, Hey, you always have to take care of yourself. It's not like you're doing something for a year and then you're good. (laughs) It's just, you know, you always have to work on yourself, no matter if it is learning about your body or, you know, 
um, making progress from a spiritual or just from a mind mindfulness perspective. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always saying that stress management is a skill that people can learn, but it doesn't mean that you learn it. You know, like, oh, like this. yeah, totally. It's a, life, is, life is in session, let's face it. You know, like life is literally in session all the time. Um, I was gonna say, you know, the other day I gave a talk, I was in um, it's called Roof Talk, and, it, and it's this new platform that I think is going to rival TEDx, it's going to be very powerful. But, um, I um, I, I, I used this word to describe what happened in my marriage. You know the game Jenga? Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that game? Yes. So, so the game is that you build this structure, right? With all these parts, right? And then, and then bit by bit you withdraw, right? Expecting the structure to hold, yeah. right? And at some point there's a critical, there's a critical tipping point where there's not enough to hold the structure. And so, um, I was talking about marital Jenga, but there's also body Jenga, right? Or, you know, like, so, so we're always making withdrawals through life, right? When we drink, when we de dehydrate, when we overexercise, when we underexercise, when we, um, when we have a lot of stress, when we, um, don't sleep well, when we don't eat well, when, we, I mean, I could go on and on, right? So all of those things are withdrawals from the structure of our, the design of our life, of our body, of our brain, of our whatever. And, um, and when we, and when we make those withdrawals, we still expect the structure to stand, yeah. but then, and then we call the, the, the demise of the structure, we call that old age. I'm like, ah, uh, no, <laughs> that's withdrawals. Those are injuries. Those are, those are withdrawal. That's Jenga right there. Wow. I love that comparison. That's so powerful. Okay. So here's the question for you. How did you not give up? I mean, 15 years is still a long time. Oh God. Yes. Go oh God. Yes. Process. And I'm yeah. sure there are many, you know, situations where you're like, Oh my God. Well, I wasn't even for a long time. Honestly, Julia, I wasn't even sure that it was anything was happening. Yeah. It was, it was where I was, was such a dark place. Mm -hmm. I like it was like being in a cave with no light at all where all you can do is feel that's all you have is just your hands to feel the edges of the cave and with your feet to make sure you're not like you know so that's kind of what the experience was early on for the first few years it was like there was, it was very dark but but I just had this sense that I was on to something and I couldn't I couldn't articulate it I didn't, you know, there, it was very private experience. Like I wasn't talking about it to anybody. I was just like, I was just like pouring my awareness into this problem. And then lights started to appear and then they would go away and it would be like, no, like I, cause I would have an experience where I'm like, oh, that's it. And then I wouldn't be able to reproduce that experience for like, I don't know. Oh, weeks, you know, so it was, so it, it definitely was frustrating, but one of the, one of the hallmarks of learning is frustration, honestly, because to not know is frustrating. Yeah. Right. And, but that's learning. That's that like, you don't know. So, um, so I just followed breadcrumbs for a long time and how, how I didn't give up was first of all, the stakes were so high. There was no, I mean, I knew where I was headed if I didn't do something. Mm -hmm. And, and the other thing was like, it started to fascinate me, <laughs> you know, like I started to really be like, what's here? Like, yeah. this feels really rich. What's here. And how can I, and how can I leverage this more in my life? And how can I leverage this more in my work? And how can I leverage this? I mean, these questions didn't show up right away, but, um, but yeah, I knew I, something was telling me I was on the right track. Um, the other thing that I, that I did that I, that I haven't mentioned yet was um, that I started to ask really good questions. And, I, and, I, and the, the, the power of questions is, I mean, people have, there's lots of quotes about it. Einstein has some really good quotes about questions. You know, like, like sitting with a question, allowing a question to live in you instead of just coming up with an immediate answer has, is so powerful. So um, one of the questions that I found really most powerful, and you know, you can put this in the show notes too, but um, 
what would it feel like if, Mm -hmm. right? So my spine was so twisted, I would say to myself, what would it feel like if my spine was straight? Mm-hmm. Right. And then what that does is that because you don't have an, a ready, your body, you don't have a ready answer for that. Your mind is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> so that catapults you into your imagination. And then your imagination has a really easy link with your body. Your mind does not, but your imagination does. So if you can catapult yourself by way of a question into your imagination and then your imagination goes, huh. What would that feel like? And then that consults your body. Yeah. And your body's like, I know exactly what that would feel like. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, so that, was the, those are, that was the fertile loop huh. that I was in. Yeah. That's really interesting. It reminds me a lot of Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, heard? I've been studying him lately. Although, I mean, he, and actually I interviewed him one time. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, because his history and my history had some similarities and I wanted to hear from him. This is about maybe eight years ago, seven years ago. Um, and he's really gone, as you know, really big, but I've been doing his meditations and stuff lately. Um, but yes, he, he healed himself of a spinal injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, similarly, like going into the body, right. Supporting. I mean, my, my, um, my equation for healing is very simple. Mm-hmm. And the equation is two parts. One is your body. And when I say the body, I mean the entire whatever we are, right? Not just limited to the physical body, but the body has to get what it needs. Plus, it's got to not get what it doesn't need. So if you're in a healing phase, if you're, you know, you're healing, you've got to get sleep and you've got to get water and you've got to get, um, you've got to get, some way to, you know, address what's going on. And it's different for everybody in, in different situations, right? So one person's liver problem might look very different from another person's liver problem or, you know, so, but, but there are some things that you can do. Once you identify it as a liver problem, then you can actually support it with milk thistle and you can, and cruciferous vegetables or whatever it is, right? But, but, and then you've got to not get what it, what it doesn't need, which is like, oh, let me just have a shot of alcohol, you know, not so good for the liver. So, um, so you want to stack it in the direction of healing and, and with, and withdraw it from the, the, from the things that, that are stressful to our body, to our mind, to our emotions, to our toxic relationships and Mm -hmm. screen time maybe, or addictions or whatever, like just really, you know, Yeah. yeah. So you are the creator of the Birch Method, um, and you've been yes. teaching that for many, many years now. Tell us yeah. more about the Birch Method. Okay, so the Birch Method is is kind of based on what I figured out as the design of our body, and of course, you know, the design of our body is an aspect of nature, and so it's going to follow certain things, and it's going to need certain things, and um, and being in that partnership is part of it. But so the Birch Method has three powerful pillars. One is alignment. Um, because we have a design, right? Our design is if you, if you take these structures and you stack them appropriately, they will sustain. Like those rock cairns, right? Like when you stack rocks, when you stack rocks, it'll stay unless there's some other force knocking it over wind or somebody's foot or whatever, but those rocks will stay. They're, they're inherently stable, right? But if you start moving those rocks around and expecting them to stay, they're going to need something else. They're going to need another rock to hold it up, or they're going to need some glue, or it's going to need something additional other than the design. So our body, if we, if we align it with our design, then it's sustainable and it's harmonious and things work. When we deviate from the design and look around at people's posture, you know, for example, like that's one, one way that people demonstrate whether they're aligned or not. Um, And look around, people aren't doing that well with this concept. They're really not. And it's, and it means a lot. It's every, every degree that we're off that we've deviated will cost us in terms of energy like one step when your ankle's a little bit wonky no big deal but tens of thousands and millions over decades 
every step it's going to cost you and it's going to work its way through the system. So um, alignment is really, really important because it brings us back to our design where we're meant to be operating from at a huge optimal level. And when we're not, that's one of the reasons why. And then the second pillar is attunement, which is what I was, you know, which is the, the motto for that is if you can feel it, you can heal it. Um, and so attunement is the, is the awareness piece. It's the questioning piece. It's the, it's the connection piece to your body. It's learning the language so that you're not a stranger in a, in a foreign land. Yeah. You know, because if you don't know the, if you don't know the language, you can't negotiate. If you go to if you go to if you go to China and you need to go to negotiate some deal, you need an interpreter, mm-hmm. unless you know the language. But if you know the language and you're really savvy about the language, then you're in this place of nuance where you can really negotiate the finer points. It's the yeah. same thing with your body. Learning the language is really important, and most of us only have what I would call a phrase book, you know, like. I know when I'm hungry. I know when I'm tired. I know when I'm thirsty. I know, you know, so those things, right? Um, And then the third piece is is really um, a fascinating piece that I came upon, which is what I call assembly. So it's alignment, attunement, and assembly. And assembly is what holds you together, right? And that's an odd question. Nobody asks that question. What's holding us together? People say, well, muscles or bones or whatever, or skin or what, I don't know, whatever. But it's really tension. Tension is the glue of the universe, as far as I know. So even a molecule of water has tension in it, has, has a force that's attract, it's an attractive force that's holding it together. That's, there's tension in that. So tension holds us together. Now, tension gets a really bad rap, Right. Because tension doesn't feel very good. Because the definition of stress is also actually just tension. Tension, yeah. So it's needed to to hold us together. So that's that's what I'm educating people on as well. Because we actually do need stress. Like stress not always always equals negative. We need absolutely. In fact, they did that. They did that biodome um, thing in Arizona, right? They put trees in this. Like they put its whole setting. Like what would it be like to just kind of put us in that kind of thing? The trees, because they didn't have the stress of wind, right? They didn't. They they came down. They couldn't. They didn't have the good stress of. And think about what makes you grow is those challenging times, right? So without that, that without that good stress or without tension, we don't we don't hold together very well, you know. So, so the the reason that here's the situation: tension for people in their bodies is going to a place where it's not designed to be. If you reclaim that tension from where it's not belong to where it does belong, and and have it thrive, then your body moves into lightness of being. It moves into flow. It moves into um, it moves into ease. It doesn't accumulate problems in the same way. And then that leads us back to alignment. Like it's the way to keep our bodies in that place of status quo or homeostasis from a structural place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and oh, go ahead. No, no, no. If you have anything, that was already the next <laughs> Well, and, and it starts to like when your body's functioning like this, what happens is it's transcendent because once you align with your design, you can't help but align with your divine, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's just the nat- next natural thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also, there's, so, so when you're in this place of, of empowerment, because you're, you're actually, you have all cylinders firing, you're, you're connected, you're alive, you're um, aware, you're, you know, blah, it's just like, that's where we're meant to be, I think. So it also starts to have an emotional impact and it starts to have a, um, um, an intuitive as- um, aspect that it, that it works with, it, you know, your, your tendency to be kind of who you really are, of course, because you're in your design and it feels really good yeah. and, and you're and I'm thinking again and then you can present yourself so differently to the world right because exactly yourself yeah and people call me radiant all the time this is not something that used to happen <laughs> you know so so um so the my my from for the virtue method i say be ageless be painless be radiant mm-hmm. like that's the that's the tagline because 
that's what I see happening with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I, we talked about this a little bit when we um, talked to prepare for this podcast interview, but I, one of the questions that I asked was what would be like the first, like one or two tips that you would give people that are listening right now or that are watching us on YouTube and yeah. um, what they can do in their body to be more aligned. Absolutely. Can I give three? Yeah, please. give. Three. Uh, okay. One is to move. Mm-hmm. Movement is better than no movement. And we're spending a lot of time not moving. So, you know, planning breaks so that you can get up and so that you can stretch and, so, and, and moving also in a way that challenges how you move. Like most people move by, by, we sit, we stand, we walk and we lie down. And that's kind of it. That's the full range of most people through most of their day. And I'm like, no, like move your arms so that you can really like feel the full range of motion. Move your, you know, move everything, like get a little goofy, feel like an, you know, actually play like an animal or whatever, you know? So that's one. And two is tune into your body and, and ask yourself questions like, what would it feel like to be really, and you can even borrow other people's experience. Like some, and I did this with sometimes I call it body hopping, which is a little creepy, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's like, if I know somebody who's got like Audrey Hepburn, for example, like she's got like exemplary posture and poise, right? Just grace, like completely. So I'm like, sometimes I pretend like, what would it feel like to be Audrey Hepburn? Like, right? Like that's a whole different thing. And it puts you into a different state immediately, right? Just borrowing that imaginative, that imaginative shift. And then the third thing is that when you, so I'll show you this. If you can put your hands like this, right around the middle part of your sternum or your breastbone, so you're sort of hooking your fingers like this, and your elbows are out to the side, it's sort of an opera singer pose, right? Now, if you gently, without disconnecting your hands, your fingers, kind of pull your elbows apart. Now, what you'll tend to feel is that your lower abdominal area kind of pulls in, Mm -hmm. and then your upper abdominal area around your rib cage draws in. And then your shoulder blades draw together. Can you feel all that? The lower part of my abdominals was a little bit more challenging to feel first. I immediately felt it more like on the top of right my, there. Uh-huh. So, 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 so do it. Yep. So try it again and just go from, go from not to engagement. And then notice how like the whole center part of your body starts to engage. Now we call that the core. I call it the core container. So if, you can, so if you can feel all of those places kind of pulling you in towards your center as an experience, mm-hmm. and, then, and then continue to hold that as you disengage your fingers and see if you can just hold that and notice that that can, that now, now something is holding you up. Mm-hmm. Something's holding you together that wasn't the tension from before. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really powerful. I remember you showed that to me the last time as well when we talked and I thought of you multiple times during the day and I did that because it's such an easy exercise and I feel like when people, for example, that sit a lot at their desk, just do that. You can feel yourself kind of, it's like, it's like, it's like a magnet, you know, like all the metal filings go towards the center of like, if you had a magnet in your center pole, like a center pole, and all the tension was like metal filings started to come in towards that center pole. It's like, there's a sense of peace and there's a sense of relaxation and there's a sense of flow when you do that. Yeah. yeah. So learning how to, learning how to access your, and there's way more to it. No question about it, but that gives you a quick and dirty, like, like how to get in there. Yeah. So when you work with your clients, do you do basically kind of some type of physical therapy to do the alignment piece, but also talk? Well, yeah. So, um, hmm. so that's, I do different things for everyone. Um, but I'm starting to do more, some more virtual work. I have some virtual clients, um, where I'm doing body coaching for them because, because when I was doing my work, I had tried to have other people fix it and it wasn't so effective. And so I learned without having someone hands, someone's hands on me, I learned how to change an extreme situation mm-hmm. to, to something that normalized um, within a relatively quick time, given the extremity of the situation. So, um, so I work with people virtually because the pillars are so powerful. You can start at any one place it, and the whole thing will come along, right? It's a holographic kind of thing. So, so when I teach 
teach people how to connect with their body, how to engage the core container, how to create their posture. I can do all of that virtually through Zoom, which is a great platform. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, in, in my live sessions, I have my hands on people because I want them to, and that's, that's, um, it's not necessary, but it's also, a, it's also a lovely experience and, a, and an advantage because I can teach people how it feels mm-hmm. right by changing how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hands are just incredibly skilled. They know what to do. I leave them to do their thing. <laughs> um, I've been doing this for 40 years, so it's something that but of course, teaching them how to stay there is a challenge. Yeah. Right. That's and that's the challenge with almost every body work or physical therapy or whatever is that. I mean, I used to be in physical therapy, right? And I would sh- tell my clients, my patients, you know, here's what you need to do. I didn't know it was like I wasn't exactly leading them to the design. I had them do exercises that were, you know, pretty generic because um, that's what most most is in most templates. So they would go home and do them or whatever. And they would come back in the same way that they came in the first time. I was like, well, what are you doing? They're like, I don't know, nothing. So in order to address real change, you have to get people out of the trunk and into the driver's seat Mm -hmm. and then teach them how to drive. Yeah. Because most people are in the trunk when it comes to their bodies. Oh, they don't. Yeah. They don't really know how it's supposed to, they don't really, we didn't come with a manual. It's not our fault, but um, having learned the design through this very um, tedious experience I had. (laughs) um, Yeah. So that's what I, what I do. I do a lot of teaching. I do posture. I do movement, but I do hands-on work as well. Where I'm always like figuring out, okay, how do we, how do we get you back to your design and what do you need to do to keep it there? So I, so it's very, it's very much the responsibility of the of the clients to follow through the best that they can, you know. And I don't have any judgment on how they do it or how often they do it or whatever, because a lot of people, you know, we have a busy life, whatever. But at least they know what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I always feel like it's it's a lot of confidence as well when you are saying people need to get from the trunk into the driver's seat. It's also because. Once one people are maybe not as confident to do that, they're like, oh, I don't know that. You know, it's like something new. And also I'm almost thinking like we don't really learn that either. Like we take our body so for granted that we are only aware that something is wrong when something is wrong. (laughs) Or or not when something is wrong, but when something is so wrong. Yeah. When something is so wrong. Yes. Because because honestly. It's like that Jenga thing, right? We've been, things have been, things have been wrong for a long time by the time that they, our body is so, so adept at protecting us from pain, weakness, or restriction. It'll like, it'll move heaven and earth so that we don't feel that. So by the time we actually feel those things, girl, it's been, yeah, 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 totally. Um, I always have a few questions to all of okay. you guests so let's jump into those and um, what are you most grateful for I am most grateful for I guess you know when I say my body I also include my creator like my source mm-hmm. because I can't you can't separate them like I'm so grateful for the healing capacity of my body you have no idea what it feels like to be let out of prison until you've been in prison mm-hmm. Right. So I'm let out of prison. I just did a 30 day challenge where I did things like back walkover. I haven't done that in 45 years. There's no reason why I should be able to do that under the normal circumstances. Right. I don't, I don't do it all the time, you know? So I'm really grateful for movement. I'm really grateful for breath. I'm really grateful for my body. It's all, it's all around like having a body that works. It's, it's an amazing, amazing, grateful experience for me. And do you have kind of three wisdoms that you would share with others? Like what would they, what would like three things be that you feel like everybody should know and take away from listening to you? One is that healing is possible. Mm -hmm. You know, the name of my company is Limitless Body. So because I, I believed early on that there's so much more we're capable 
of that we don't even know. So one is that healing is really possible. And when you apply the healing equation, it's inevitable to some degree. Obviously, there are other plans for other things that happen, but largely it's possible. Um, that we're designed to feel so much better than we mostly do. And to reach into that, like just what would it feel like to feel amazing, you know, energized, vital, alive, radiant. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, it's just yummy. And the third is that connection really is the healing currency. So whether you're talking about your body or your relationships or your job or your career, like always look towards connection. Connection is really the healing currency. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I totally relate to all of them. And I think it's such a beautiful reminder as well. Um, because we forget it's so often and we take so many things for granted in our own bodies and so yeah so that's yeah yeah Um, i can't it's hard for me to take it for granted you know because i've because i've been yeah that experience yeah and it's the same like you know when you've been very stressed and you know like burned out like me before then you start taking it for granted when you don't feel that way you know and you know that there's a different place you know there's a different way you can actually feel when you're reconnecting with yourself yes Yes, yes, you've had your journey too. Yeah, yeah, yeah very uh, much. Is there a book um, that really inspired you in, along this journey? Something that maybe you're even reading <laughs> a few times per, you know? Well, what I'm reading now is is Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, that um, both um, the Becoming Supernatural, it's his new book. Um, that one, I, and Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, I think. So So when, I, when I've been working with tension, I realize, you know, what he's articulating is what, I've been doing like the that when I'm when I'm changing that the habit the tension habit patterns like you can't be the old person if your tension patterns have changed yeah. right so I've been kind of doing that and sort of like it's sort of validating what I've been doing but also the the way he explained things and the neuroscience that he brings and the okay. like he's so good at breaking that down and making it really accessible so I really yeah I love it too. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say it because I I think in my last few podcasts I've always <laughs> talked about breaking the habit of being yourself because I feel like he makes it so easily understandable of how we can actually break habits and what's going on in our body and it's had it has helped me so much to change because yeah. now I'm like okay brain like <laughs> it, <laughs> it feels weird that I'm doing something differently but that's that's okay it's just because that's what you learn right. Right, exactly. I mean, when I and when I put people in an upright posture, Julia, they freak out. They're like, I feel like I'm pitching forward. I'm like, I know. Embrace that. Like, that's a really good thing to feel how upset your body is because you're. That means you're changing it because the old way isn't working. Yeah, 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 yeah. So exactly. That's a great. That's a great thing. Is just to remind your brain. Don't sh- don't don't freak out. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah simple but it's the simplest thing again and you say you know the simple doesn't mean easy but like now that i'm aware of it i'm working with it and it's really i I think it's really powerful to just be like hey (laughs) that's what's going on and really relaxes me because we are we're getting so fearful so quickly about certain things um we're trying to change something and we we are so fast at retracting and just going back to the old even though the old doesn't mean it's comfort well comfort is you know my latest quote is comfort is where we go to die Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's not a good thing <laughs> not a good thing so so move out of your comfort zone doesn't mean you have to doesn't mean you have to blast out of your comfort zone but but always be mindful and be pushing those edges a little bit yeah so what are your next plans well i actually have a call in a couple minutes <laughs> but um my next plans are um you know, honestly, I'm kind of waiting for them to download. I've got lots of ideas, um, lots of ideas, but I'm just kind of like, kind of listening right now. So I don't have anything concrete to tell you. And how can people best reach out to you if they want to learn more about you and they want to maybe work with you? Um, yeah, so on my website, um, you, there are opportunities to sign up for an exploratory, exploratory call, and that's perfect. That's free, um, so that you can do that. And um, 
and then, or you can email me or whatever, you know? Yeah. I've had people reach out to me and, um, leave, you know, leave messages and stuff and like, you know, yeah. let me know what your situation is. And if we, if we can find a way to work together, then that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put yeah. everything in the show notes as well, all of your contact details. So awesome. And another way to test drive it is I, I, I have an ebook that's um, downloadable. And that's perfect. That's free too. Awesome. So that's called um, Create Your Ideal Body Guidebook. Okay. Awesome. That's yeah, I'll put that in there. And it's on your website as well, right? When people. Yep. yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, Erin, it was such a pleasure to have you in my podcast. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Um, I took, I'm always so inspired by all of my podcast guests because I feel like we all have our, you know, share to bring into the world. And um, I'm really glad that I had you and that you shared all these amazing, powerful, beautiful things with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Julie. It was an incredible pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a five-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.